This show is what made Imagine Dragons. Because I'm gonna blame Batman. About congratulations about not having iTunes in the mid-2000s. Well, you are too late. Imagine Dragons is one of those bands that you're like, how are you still popular? If I count up all the injuries, I'd go, yes, the music is worse than brain damage for that one. Hey everyone, welcome to We Wrote the Book, the podcast where most episodes... We, uh, a bunch of theater nerds get together and try to write a brand new musical. Uh, I'm your host, Christian Adderholt, and I'm not joined by my co-host, Olivia Wise, today. Uh, she uh, had a conflict, last-minute conflict, so um, it's me and the resident guests just chopping it up. It's 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 William Solar. Hey, William. Can't, can't upgrade to host, and that's fine. I've accepted I've accepted my fate. Um Always the guest, never the never the host. Um, though, yeah, we're definitely not a bunch of nerdy. It's just a, a duo. Uh, a rag it's just a duo. And, and team, I, a, a, a superhero and their sidekick, if you will. You're Alfred. Let's not get it twisted. I, oh, don't. Yeah, I mean, in, in the words you of were... Charles Boyle from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, this guy that gets to dish with all of Batman's girlfriends. Why, no, why would you, were... you want to be Alfred? You are Commissioner Gordon at best. Let's Oh dude, Commissioner Gordon gets real fucking ridiculous. There's at one point where uh, I can I can stop now. So, I don't know how to control William without Olivia. That's um, fair. You uh, uh you may not know this audience, but it's Olivia that's the the real person that gets me to like not bring up puppets every episode. Uh you, Christian's kind of a pushover. I am, as much as it sounds as I get frustrated, I just kind of go with the flow a lot, believe it or not. And Olivia's not that way. And so I don't think I could confidently get us to a musical for this episode. So instead, I want to do something that I want to have a conversation that William and I have had, I don't know, a thousand times, give or take. Uh, Yeah. That I think could be fun. I think it fits in the spirit of this podcast. Is this, is this my performance review? Like, no, that <laughs> comes after. That's actually on our Patreon. Oh, if you want us to, if you want to see, listen, if you want to listen to <laughs> William's performance review with the hidden camera that we have set up in his room, so you can see how he reacts. Yeah, that will be on our Patreon. So the conversation I want to have with you, yeah, is I have been saying this for a long time, and um, sure, you know. I'm probably going to get catch some heat for this. This is an unpopular opinion I have, but I contest that in their genres, musical theater and superhero movies are the same in the sense that musical theater is the same as superhero movies. M- like, musical theater is the big bu- budget action film of the live theater performance. Yes, that is yeah. what I mean. Yes, it is the yeah. big budget. And there's a couple, a lot of different reasons. But there, here's the three big pillars that I mean of that. One, they're the ones that draw in the most eyes. They're the ones that uh, often draw, set the records for box office, all of that, st- all of that stuff. Um, two, a lot of times it's a rehash of something that's been done before. Um comic books movies you know like they redo the same thing over and over and over again and then the third one that i think it really kind of nails at home is that you can't really be super subtle in a musical or in a big budget action movie because it's got to be four quadrants yeah, I, I used to fight you on this for a while, um, but like it seems like all of the exceptions kind of like prove the rule. There is something yeah. about like the really deep and nuanced and like, you know, serious uh, musicals like like Next to Normal, which is a beautiful, beautiful musical and beautifully heart wrenching and beautifully emotional. But yeah, at some point, music keeps things music with lyrics kind of keep things from being subtle yeah there's very few i mean like let's with live take, performance like all of it you know yeah l- let's take um i don't know what's a good one uh i mean there's oh. there's subtlety to like some like opera performance well but i opera is very opera is a very different thing exactly very different by being thing than all being music theater. it's so it, it's so different but the fact yeah. that there's this huge switch this sudden change to song and dance kind of adds to that like notion of the the action scene right you know 
or even um, like uh like Hamilton. Hamilton is a great example of there is a lot of subtlety in Hamilton the person. There's a lot of conflicting things about him as there are conflicting things about every human being. Biggest one is the whole slave shit that they just kind of push slowly slightly to the side so that way they can make a banger. Like you well, know, like you know, they can't you could dig into he, it. Even pulling away from that, like there is a point where they like they could show a lot of subtlety in that show. Wow, I don't know how we got into just like shitting on Hamilton. Um, there's I'm not a lot of subtlety. Hamilton is great, but and Hamilton also... is uh, is incredible. But like, there is but... a lot of things of like there is a loss of subtlety to the fact that like the the music does make it seem like it's like he's just you know a rad dude who's just like cheating on his wife he's he's you know? a rad dude and with somewhat somewhat of a rude dude like he is michelangelo yeah. mixed with leonardo with a little bit of uh with a little bit of donatello in there like you that think is so? i think he's way more wrath than you're giving him actually i think for. he's all of them i think he is all for Ninja i think you've just described a, a complex human being yeah i mean yeah <laughs> all all four of the turtles i mean we um, can all strive we can all strive to be all four can. of the turtles we can but like another example of that on the other side on the superhero movie side is black panther black panther for has some very subtle moments in it but then they're at the end because they gotta sell it to the midwest they gotta sell it to like other places that can't just be talking about the social issues of it here's cgi fight you know like they talk about it they talk about it but instead of like the ending of the movie being a discussion about what power and race mean they're like or, ah, yeah. but you're riding a rhino so or, <laughs> let's do that <laughs> i i mean yeah there there is a there is an idea that there that it could have been this like really like fucked up gritty like fight between them where they're or not even a fight still and we see it's their literally faces just, i yeah, understand that but just i mean like a I, dinner my dinner with andre style like debate <laughs> my dinner with andre yeah, I guess my that's dinner fair. T'Challa, that my dinner. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, jeez. Uh. Wow. We really got off off kilter. And uh. No, I'm, to I'm you right for deciding to go be. after Hamilton and Black Panther. Uh, I'm right where your... I want to be. I told you this is an unpopular <laughs> right opinion. <laughs> this you're is... just leaning in. Yeah. This you're is just, how you're we just get... leaning into the to, to shitting on black projects. Yeah. This sure. is how this is how we get um likes this is how we get views is you know you gotta be a little controversial also people of color projects but yeah 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 i was about to say i was like hamilton yes and no it's less yeah my mom miranda is a is a a special dude i want to do a thing just about him because like his life is really interesting and he seems like a guy that's way too genuine like for his own good do you, speaking of Lin-Manuel Miranda, yeah. do you prefer his hip-hop stuff or his mostly straight musical theater stuff? Um, I would say that my favorite my favorite thing that he's made is, is In the Heights. In like the Heights, 100%. okay. 100%. And um, what is that? What, I'm not super familiar with In the Heights. I, I know it's on HBO. Um, I oh, know I can well, go yeah. see it, but... Yeah, it's... It's his real breakout show, um, and it is like, about... Like, what kind of music is it? Uh, it's extremely, like, based into, like, the Puerto Rican culture. So okay. it has him rapping a lot when he played the the main character. Got it. Uh, on okay. Broadway. Um, so there's a lot of mixing of that, but it's extremely, like... Um, it's 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 music of, literally, Washington Heights. I mean, that's okay. the reason why it's called In the Heights. In the Heights. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. Um, and, but yeah, beautiful, beautiful show and paints such a vibrant picture. Um, do you think, and I think, and I don't know if this adds to the like lack of subtlety with musical theater, but do you think when you try to cross genres, it gets worse? Or do you think it gets No, better? I don't, I don't know. What do you mean by cross genres? So mus- there's, there's musical music. There's stage performance music. Obviously, there's a gamut. There's like golden age, modern, um, you know, there's more operatic. There's more like vaudeville to it. But 
if somebody hears musical theater, they know that is musical theater. That that is such a funny thing because I've heard a lot of people that are are performers talk about the like comments from like Simon Cowell when he was on mm-hmm. uh, American Idol and and with um, uh, America's Got Talent where they say to singers like you sound too like Broadway polished. and when no bro just you sound too Broadway it's not even about being polished um, and it is this thing. Yeah. That people like think of Broadway and think about something really specific when in fact, there's so much music that is so different and not just because of the jukebox musicals, but like a lot of the music from a lot of the musicals from the last like 15 years, two decades get really like in it. It's I guess, because I get what you mean by saying it's more pop, but here's a really good example that okay. I think actually works for both for everything that I'm talking about. Spider Man, turn off the dark. Well, that is just a <laughs> that's just a shit show in uh, a half for so. Well, many that's reasons. fair, but like I was listening to the music the other day. Don't ask me why, but I was. <laughs> yeah. Um. First of all, you cannot find a full recording of the of the show on Spotify. Like you, they have like ten songs on Spotify, and they have something like. 15 to 20 songs in the actual show and the Spotify, the cast recording is not in order. (laughs) That's because why, why would they spend that time? I mean, like it literally the first song, the first two songs are the, is the end of act one and the end of the show. (laughs) I mean, cause those are, I I think probably like the bet, the best songs. I guess so, but it makes no um, sense. In a show that's not very good. Like, it, here's the thing. It's, uh, from from what I remember, and I can pull something up so I've got all the numbers correct. I'll do that right now. But Oh, I've got it. Um, <laughs> uh, it is the most expensive Broadway musical ever put out. That's um, correct. $75 million. And, but do you know what the second most expensive musical is? What was it, like 15? It's Shrek, first off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and and it's like 21 million shit it's still expensive but it it got closer to making its money back but it's such a stark well and shrek Shrek, you can go different you can go on tour with shrek you can't go on tour with this shit you can go on tour with shrek yeah absolutely and also the the music in shrek is kind of banging i'm not gonna lie i love it I know that it completely like breaks down, you know, the whole point of the Shrek music. And I know that people can get huffy about that. They should really make Shrek 2 just so that way they can have like a pop singer be. um... Oh, be uh, the fairy godmother. No, not fairy godmother. Her son can be. Oh, yeah. Oh, get Adam Lambert as Prince Charming. Yeah, that'd be dope. Yes, I think it would be hilarious. Um... (laughs) This this show. Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark was fucking insane. I think I think they started talking about it right when um Spider-Man came out. Like the like the 2002 oh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Uh, you you know what? I I read something and uh, apparently the reason so Spider for those who don't know, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark was an ill-fated snake-bitten or spider-bitten, you know, for the pun, uh show that was bloated dangerous not very good in the not very good with the story and the music was fine um i i i think that the music's the worst part i I think the music is terrible i but i'm saying like if we're talking about a person falling 30 feet from the mezzanine into the orchestra pit or the music being a little cheesy he was still on he was still on the stage from what i remember but no he fell 20 feet yeah, into no, he fell into pit. he fell into the orchestra pit. Yeah, but he was on a platform on the stage because he's because it, it's the part on the for the Brooklyn Bridge when he's running and he jumps off. Oh, <laughs> and, no. and, and he and he talked about it. He was like, when I jumped off, because uh, I, I you know I remember going through this like when I was in uh, I was in college for the first time. Um, when that was going on and I just remember just like reading all of this stuff every single day. And like, he was mm. like, I, I realized that 
Um, I was not attached to anything as I jumped off. And I'm like, that is the most horrifying like feeling. But he's not the he wasn't that was not the first person who got injured. No, no he wasn't. And he was the first, the first person who got injured Spider-Man. was not even Spider-Man. It was one of his stunt doubles, broke both of his feet. I don't think he was the first. I think it was uh I thought it was like the uh Arachne character. It, it is impossible to tell when the There's problem so started. much shit. It well, it technically we could say it's not the first life that was affected by yeah. it because So yeah, so let's let's go back. Um so this show all started, at least from what I've been able to find, or one of the things it started is so I digress. Um Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark is a Bono vehicle. So if you, those of you who don't know who Bono is, he's the lead singer of U2. If you don't know who U2 is. Good. I'm I'm so happy for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So happy I don't know. you don't know who Bono is. But apparently um, the reason Bono uh, wanted to gotten talks to start this show is because Andrew Lloyd Webber the motherfucker and i will never forgive him for this he he has changed musical theater not in a good way all the time i i i I just made the statement that i made on purpose in the way that i did i'm coming for people i'm bringing the heat (laughs) you just want to go hard yeah i'm bringing the heat but he joked in an interview thank you rock musicians for not uh, engaging with musical theater for 25 uh, to give us uh, us other artists 25 years to play or something like that essentially he's saying i'm the only rock musician writing for musical theater andrew lloyd weber said that which at the time he probably was the most rock musician there was writing musical theater i mean come on maybe... he has an elvis impersonator in one of his shows i mean i guess ida a aida 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 thank you sorry you're welcome aida. i've only ever seen seen it written that was written by Elton John, and I would say Elton I, John's much more rock than... I saw that with the dude from Rent. Oh, fun. No, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so, but that incensed Bono, and apparently from then on, Bono and Sting were Not championing Sting, this project. The Edge. Oh, I'm sorry. One other monosyllable name that means jack shit. No, because Sorry, the police Sting, are great. Sting is the Sting is way way more fun. Sting, yeah, Sting is from the police. The police is great, and I'm sorry, it's actually it's not Edge. It's the Edge. His name is the Edge. He's the guitarist for U two. No, I know. I'm just highlighting how stupid that is. Like you wouldn't call him Hey Edge. You would say Hey the Edge. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah it's ridiculous. But so they'd been championing this thing. And then um, there was a producer that had been trying to get this off the ground. Yeah. Do you know what his name is in French? I don't. Ledge. (sighs) (laughs) Okay. um... Uh, Good night, everybody. (laughs) That was okay. Well, I'm going to take a second to breathe and get through that one. But (laughs) so... There, there was a there was a producer that kind of put everything together, but the gentleman died before it got off the ground. From from what I remember about the story, wasn't it like they didn't have a pen and like the edge went out into another room to get a pen, got it, came back and the guy was unconscious on the floor. That's um, very possible. Yeah, I think that that's how like the story was done, and like oh, obviously fuck. it's very sad that a man died of a stroke or whatever he died of, um, but you feel like that that's just like a sign. Yeah, yeah, they really. It's an unfortunate. I mean, it is a. It's a tragedy when a person dies. It's it's a tragedy. Usually, when a person dies, it's a tragedy. This is no. This is no exception. Uh, but it really should have let them know, like, hey, let's maybe don't do this. But they soldiered on with his partner as their lead producer. His partner, a Hollywood lawyer or a musical, a, a theater lawyer, not necessarily lawyer. a producer. So yeah, yeah, it uh, it feels it feels very uh very the producers. It really feels like can we make can we like are can we, we doing this flop? for the insurance company? Yeah. But the only reason <laughs> that we know they're not okay, doing this yeah. for the insurance money is because. One of the reasons that they folded after four years is because insurance companies refused to insure them. 
because they had so many accidents, they couldn't get people to insure the show. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself, or I'm not I I'm losing the plot here a little bit because this thing makes no sense. So I wanted to originally I was saying this is a the perfect example of a action movie and of why an action movie and a musical are very similar. And it just so happens that this is a superhero action movie turned into a musical, so I think it'll work. But I want to break it down into the three things that really that really show you what I mean. So first we're going to go with like the actual book of it. So the story, you know, the reference to our show, we wrote the book. That's why it's called that because that's the, that's the part of the, of the musical that doesn't do the singing. That's the plot, uh, the music itself. And then the last one is probably the production. And that one, we can go over the budget. We can go over the overruns. We can go over the troubled. That one is less about the action movie and musical kind of fitting together and more about it's just so bizarre we have to talk about it. It's just such a nightmare we have to talk about it. So let's start with the plot. Let's start with the book of it. So, William, what do you remember of the plot of this show? And I like, give me yeah. sentences about the show. Yeah, I mean, I watched it on a bootleg version on YouTube. Is there any um, other way to watch musicals unless uh, you like go see them live? You have unless you go see them live. I don't. I don't think so. And so you can take it with a grain of salt with that. But it's like the plot itself is kind of strange. I think the version I saw was like the the, the second version. Um, oh yes, we do have to mention that in musical theater, especially bigger shows. There, uh, there are what what's called previews and then opening night. So previews, they it's essentially like a tech rehearsal, a dress rehearsal to say here's how it's gonna be, so critics can come in and look at it. But they also say, but but wait, we might be making changes. And they were in previews for so long that they just completely changed the entire show. Uh, and they they change it in in two really specific ways, from what I can tell, is that like. And, and it kind of comes down to like how the show was made, right? Because mm-hmm. the show was made by a kind of visionary creator like Judy Taymor, which if you don't know who that is, um, you probably do. She is the person behind the whole design of Disney's The Lion King on Broadway. Uh, and okay. she's, also the, she's also the person who created um, Across the Universe. Oh, the, really? I didn't that, know that. Yeah, the the Beatles movie. Oh, cool. uh, and so she has this like f- phenomenal way of like looking at effects and she has this vision of what it looks like. And I got to say, like even though like it's a grainy video and it keeps moving around and it's got terrible sound quality, the the thing looks amazing. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the story. Yes. And uh the big thing is that she she changes Spider-Man. Yes for her own reasons. I think that we can kind of uh, glean what they are and why they are from like when we break it down. But at this point, we've had what? Um, uh, Eight Spider-Man films, not including the crossover films. Well, it opened on, it opened in 2011. It did, but it was based on, and the talks for it were when the Sam Raimi, as I said earlier. Yeah, so it's been so it's been circling for a while, and we're very familiar. We're all very familiar with Spider Man. Spider Man has been around for you know seventy years. (laughs) Gosh, yeah, the sixties. I think nineteen sixty-eight or something around that time. So we're we're coming up on sixty years of Spider Man. Yes. Yeah, just incredible. We all know this story. Uh, Random kid bitten by a spider gives him powers he uses those powers for gain and randomly the person that he allows to escape he does nothing he does not do the right thing and stop a a robber Uh, that person goes and eventually randomly kills uncle ben we know that story uncle ben raises him and that's when he decides to then become a superhero yes um for whatever reason, there's this weird thing where Arachne, the actual like Greek goddess, um, decides to make Spider-Man, and like, and it's about that, and it's about like a Greek god, and basically makes Peter Parker, Parker this weird avatar. She's the one who makes the um, 
makes the spider bite Peter Parker. She's the one who like weaves his costume uh, in the show. Like there's all these really weird choices that like take away what makes Peter Parker, Peter Parker. And the reason that people like the character, which is, and I think like even um, Stanley, Stanley talked about it, um, talked about it at one point. He was like, the beauty of Spider-Man is that anybody could be Spider-Man. Um, and that's like true. And that's a big point and everything. And it's like, nope, it's like fate and it's like gods. And I get like the point that she's trying to make, which is, you you know, know, yeah. If only there was a character in the Spider-Man universe that is kind of this omnipotent kind of spider God that has been pulling the strings of fate. If, if only, only there, there was, was somebody and, and that. You, you know what? I think I've got a really great name for it. I think the name is like Madam Web. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's such a good name. Obviously, huh. that exists. But it's like also not the the point. No, it's not the point. But <laughs> even then, like if you were going to do this, the structure already existed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many things about it that don't make any sense. But it really comes down to like... Kind of, uh, as I like to say, and I'm sure a lot of people say, uh, is like a George Lucas problem. And the fact that, like, when no one tells somebody no, some people run rampant and they have too many ideas. And they will do all of their ideas. She also created a character named uh, Swiss Miss. I, for whatever reason, I don't know. A new villain. Yeah, so... That's yeah, that's the big that's the thing that really screws with Spider-Man, which makes no sense why that makes no sense. But I want to take you through a couple things that I feel like really highlight why this is essentially an action movie. Um, yeah. One, there's the action scenes. Sure. Obviously, <laughs> that one kind of goes without saying or but why. But these are the but there's a couple other ones that really show you like why musical theater at large is very similar to action movies like in this one. Mary Jane's father is verbally and physically abusive, which she may it may or may not be true in other versions, but it's very ham-handed. Um, it has an entire song about how my dad's drunk by the time I get home, so I just wait in my house and wish to be anywhere else. And Spider-Man, I mean, and and uh, Peter Parker has has sings a duet with her about how he's tired of being bullied, and it's just like here are the stakes. Here's the save the cat moment. Here is the, this is why you should care about these tragic characters. No, you know, real, no real nuance to them in any way, shape or form. Just it's because I've got a bad dad. So you you should like me. You should care about me. And like, that's her first kind of introduction is that it's just like the emotional manipulation. I think that's a big one is this emotional manipulation and this emotional shorthand that musicals and action movies do because they don't have time. They don't oh, have yeah, like like a uh, like a family. Yeah, like a, yeah. a Fast and Furious. Like Fast yeah, and family. Furious is it's all yeah, about family. Is, is just a soap opera on wheels at this point. But <laughs> it is it is really like the whole idea is they have to use emotional shorthand because they're like don't have time for it. We spent we spent thirty million dollars getting the rigging for this. We he has to fly well, around. He has to fly around. We can't <laughs> spend the time. Well, that that's what's so interesting, and we and we'll get to that when we talk about the staging of it. But it's like, um, from what I can I, I can glean from like uh, reading some of the stuff that that you show me, like it's like nobody wanted to change anything because there were so many technical issues. So they <laughs> so so she never got to see her vision, and therefore, how could her vision be wrong if we've never actually seen it? It's very Zack Snyder. It's a very Zack Snyder problem. Yeah, just just fucking nuts. I think like the way that she wrote it before was like, uh, like in the first version was like, um, Arachne was like the real villain. It was more like like the Green Goblin like dies in the first act. And she's like, what the fuck? It did this weird Um, thing, at least what I could find, because I never went to any of the previews. um, That like, they have a Greek chorus that kind of steps in. I believe it was called the geek chorus. Oh God. Oh God. Oh no. Yeah. That's worse than that's worse than anything I've ever said to you. Yeah. It's like, it was a bunch of comic book writers trying to write a Spider-Man comic 
is was the whole concept. And it's like, honestly, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But at least that explains why you're doing some weird shit. See, I mean, that's like, that's it, it's such a great example of like how this podcast works, because those are my ideas. And then you guys are like, nah, that's too much. Like, that's too meta. Well, like, it was. We... <laughs> no, that is a great, that's a great point. That brings yeah. me to my next point about this is this show is the first example of it was so incredibly meta or in the second one is still very meta, but the first one was so meta comment, trying to comment, trying to hang a lantern on every movie trope on everything about like why Spider-Man is Spider-Man, which is another thing that I feel like action movies do because action movies either do the like absolutely hundred percent serious and sincere, or they quip at everything yeah because they're like hey we can't get in trouble for doing the misogynistic racist thing if we're making a joke about it if we're saying i can't believe action movies used to do this but we're still doing it then it's okay can we can we talk about how like dumb it is that like swiss miss even exists because it's like green goblin from like that the way that it does it is like green goblin um in this in the in the newer version the one that Mm -hmm. technically opened Green Goblin is made at the end of the first act. But then he goes in and he makes six villains that then become the Sinister Six. Like, why is the Green Goblin not part of the Sinister Six? Um, Yeah, it's a great question. Probably because he couldn't be a stuntman. I don't know what to tell you there, but that... (laughs) It's just just ridiculous. That's Um, another action movie. That's another action movie trope is like, one person's not enough. We gotta, we gotta make them fight the odds. We gotta give you an uncertainty because I mean, the sinister six is like a a great comic book thing, but then like they, a don't even use all of the comic book people that are in the sinister six. You mean Swiss Miss isn't? No, Swiss 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 Miss isn't. Um, Fuck. uh, Well, there goes my cosplay. The people they use are like carnage, electro, Craven, the lizard, uh, swarm, yeah, they um, use people that they can easily represent on stage because it is difficult. Yeah, I mean, like, Carnage and Swarm, I guess, are a part of the sin- later Sinister Six iterations. But, like, come on. You're doing a thing where they gotta fly around. Why wouldn't you use the Vulture? You, you, you're absolutely right. But I think this, again, shows musical theater uh, and movies. It's, like, the idea that, like, there has to be an Easter egg. There has to be a wink at the There has to be something that somebody recognizes. To like so get they them choose the Swiss Miss. Yeah, because Swiss Miss. Everybody knows Swiss Miss. Everybody loves Swiss Miss. Duh. Oh, oh the, the hot chocolate. Yeah, the hot chocolate. Yeah. Everybody loves it. Yeah. Well, no, but that's why they use the Green Goblin. But then they're like, God, but we also should use the Sinister Six. But why? Because for this, and like it doesn't necessarily have to make sense. It just has to be a spectacle. Well, like, that's the whole thing is like, uh, because of the original storyline, it's like, no, Arachnip like puts them together. Like, yeah, and it makes sense Sinister Six to like ruin to like make Spider-Man's life hard. I don't actually know. Um, But it's just like so much when why not just do the Sam Raimi film again? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, I don't I don't mean to be difficult, but it's like come on bro like you've got you you've got literal storylines to pull from that are not difficult i mean you've also got literal storylines from the comics if you just want to take that directly or take it from the again madam web is right there that's what that's what makes me upset about that specifically is like madam if you want to do this madam web exists i'm I'm sure someone said that i'm sure someone said that and someone said well people might not know who madam web is so we have to make a new character instead and by um, new character, we mean taking an ancient Greek, uh, an God. ancient Greek story, which makes yes. no fucking sense. But who very much feels like a a, a Judy Tamor like stand in, you know, like oh, yeah. how writers it, write like. Oh yeah, like know. oh, we're gonna weave this web kind of thing. It's just, Another thing it's about this, the show, about the plot that makes no sense to me, and maybe it's just because I've read the synopsis, I've seen clips, but I wasn't able to find the full show like you were. Yeah. Does the timeline make any sense? No. No. Okay. Good. Because no, the, the timeline makes no movie, sense. It's like he he gets bitten by a spider. He wants to become Spider Man, and then the act break, and he just becomes Spider Man. And apparently, it's years later. It, it makes no sense. And and the problem the problem is not yeah. It's not like even years later. 
because the problem that makes it not feel like years later is that Green Goblin goes insane and mutates. Why the fuck would he wait? (laughs) Right? Uh, Unless unless it was somehow expressed in the music, but none of the music gives me any information. No, No, the music... There's... Those of you who have never heard U2, congratulations. Um, that means you didn't And those have of you I- have, who have, hello, hello. <sighs> no, no. Oh. Is that... I get two. I get two every episode. Come on. Not only did this show force me <laughs> to hear those puns. Rumor yeah. has it, this show is what made Imagine Dragons. Really? Imagine Dragons, according to rumors, um, was developed, was a studio band that was brought together to record demos for Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark Song. I had no idea. And some of their songs were just so, they got so uh, popular, they got pushed off of it, whatever happened, that the producer just helped them rework the songs to remove Spider-Man references and release the album, uh... I can't remember their fir- the name of their first album, but released the na- their first album, which is Something in the Dark. If you listen to the song Radioactive... It's very similar to like Venom or something. It's it's about Spider-Man being radioactive. I, mean, I, get, it. I, I, I get that. I feel uh, the music video for that is so good, though. Uh, I can't even yeah. be mad. But, but Radioactive is still a fun song that you can follow. Most of the music in watching and listening to it was just like, people holding tones for like way too long and not being so, able to sustain it and not in tune. So like, you've listened. Well, that could have been because you were listening to it on a phone. <laughs> well, I yeah, sure. I was listening, but I was listening to a performance. Like I can look past like bad recording. Yeah. That bad recording is not going to make the music better <laughs> or make the music worse. Um, yeah, no, it's just, it's so bad. And they just didn't know what they were doing. They, they just really didn't, didn't know. It was so it swings wildly with its theme, with its, uh, it swings wildly with the, um, genre that it tries to go with. It uses, um, rock or it tries to use, it uses very U2 ask kind of progressive eighties, nineties rock. Um, honestly, I'd say those are the most successful songs that they have in it. Then there's a couple like techno ish songs, uh, with the green goblin because the green goblin, green goblin, whatever, whatever, whatever. But there's one song that I think is one of, if not the worst musical theater song I think I've ever heard. It's not, it's not a rock song trying to be musical theater. It's not a like a pop song that is too polished so it sounds like musical theater it is a musical theater song that is just terrible and do you know which one i'm talking about um tell me which one you're talking about pull the trigger oh yeah oh no this song is um <laughs> so this song it's it's, like... it's like the it's uh like the first one right like yeah it's like or rather first... it's it's at the end um of it's the right first before act. he becomes the green goblin yeah, it's 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 Norman Osborn is um, being visited by the military. He doesn't want to get the military wants him to make genetic. Uh, apparently, Norman Osborn in this is like a gene therapist that are a geneticist that can like completely change, rewrite the entire human genome. And he just refuses to, which is why he can make people like Carnage and, and Swiss Electro Miss. and Swiss Miss. You, yes. And Swiss Miss. Very important. Um, and, but he refuses to. So the military shows up at one point and can, tries to convince him to do this for them and to, you know, take the money, do all of this. But there is a chorus line of military members singing, do it, think of God, think of for country or do it for God, do it for country or something like that. That's unfortunate. It is. That's a really unfortunate. It's so bad. I have. I literally, when I, when I listened to it, I almost like, I was listening to it in the car, almost had to pull over. I don't even know like what to equate it to. What's a terrible, like it's Starlight Express levels of bad of just like 
unaware of what's going on, know it tone deaf. Like it doesn't know what it's trying to See, do. That, that's the thing. That's the thing is like, I don't think that that's like necessarily true. I, about I think Starlight Express or about this song? About this, because a okay. lot of the music didn't change from what I can tell, because from when they started like writing it, because okay. Okay. like from what you can see, like, like I was reading into like the, the court case when Judy Tamor was fired from the show. Oh, she, um, oh, so she sued. Yeah, because she sued them because of the shit that they were saying, because everyone was just blaming her for all this stuff. But there's an email in which she just like wrote you two was like, you have to be here. Like you, you, you need to be here to like, if we, cause there's, it's hard to change things, but, but you need to be here. Like we, we can't just like do this without you. And like, they just didn't know what the fuck they were doing. No. Um, but like, there is a, there, there is this vein that is very much like tied to like the Bush presidency. It seemed like if you were to just take it back to when it was being made, pretend it didn't happen in 2014 and it went out when it was supposed to, this would have all of these instances and things that we would tie to like people um, critiquing like the, the military and the government during the Bush administration. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, But instead it falls. I'm not going to make a thesis out of it, but fuck. (laughs) But this music, like the, the the music, is tied into the fact that the Green Goblin plays a piano solo at the type of the Chrysler Building. Who? Why? Why? Because why? like because I'm gonna blame Batman for that. Okay. Um, because like it's it's a it, or you could blame Jim Carrey, right? Fair you could enough. blame you could blame William Defoe or more. That's actually a really important point in in this point of what you're talking about it that the idea that musical theater um, has and has subtlety. Obviously the actors do a really great job. Yes. I, I'm, and, I'm not going to take away from st- that kind of subtlety. I want to stop here for a second. Yeah. And okay. All, all of the actors in this show, they were doing a job. They were doing it to their absolute best. They were trying as hard as they possibly could. This is not a critique. This is not a, a, you know, like a referendum on the performance in the show it is all of the millionaires in charge of it that couldn't get their heads out of their own ass for long enough to realize they weren't making what they thought they were. From from what I can tell of the reviews of it, it was pretty much that's how the reviewers like said it once it opened. Was like, this show is awful, but the performers did the best that they could. Yes, and um, I, I just wanted to be make that very clear. <laughs> the yeah, I, I mean it's yeah, nuts. Like, uh, but um to 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 finish my point yes, please. like yeah 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 um that i i i disagree with christian in the idea that like musical theater doesn't have subtlety in its own way but like there is a if you find performances of this show you can make a huge difference between william defoe's like the, the fact that william defoe's performance as the green goblin is has tremendously subtle moments it tremendously is also subtle terrifying. moments if He's fucking seen, terrifying. If, if you haven't seen the new Spider-Man, spoiler, he's in it. It's been pretty much, I'm pretty sure everybody on the planet has seen it at this point. Um, he did a lot of his stunts. He's in it. And when he becomes the goblin, it's it is scary. The, so it's, it's legitimately frightening. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the person who played the goblin on stage, what was the thing that he was coming out of? It was the Grinch. Yeah. He had just been the Grinch on Broadway. Like, so that's what they wanted him to be. They that's wanted him what to they be want, the Grinch. He just got into out of one green suit and into another. Um, but, you know, like, there is this thing that happened with in the 90s with the Batman movies when Tim Burton made Michael the Michael Keaton one. There was a huge mm-hmm. panic that nobody ever talks about when they shit on the Batman films and the Bat Nipples. Uh, of 97 or whatever year that those came yeah. out. Um, Batman forever and Batman and Robin. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, you know, Batman forever comes out with Val Kilmer mm-hmm. uh, and they, they made it really campy. And uh, Jim Carrey's performance is tremendously nuanced as well, but it's still an action 
com- like action comedy essentially and it's and over gonna, the top I'm and that's the thing there. we are not um batman forever apologists that is the one thing i do not want showing up in my comments Okay, uh, so then let me choose another one. Hayden Christensen in Star Wars <laughs> Episode Three. No, no. <laughs> your, your point, your point is received, and your point, and, and, and your point was made. Yeah, it, it it's because it's it is a it's an it's, artifact it's, of what happened prior. You can't it, separate it, these two things. Absolutely, and but but it, it's not that it's not that action films don't have nuance or that musicals don't have nuance. It's that they're over the top. And this yes. show just went over the top in the wrong ways and nobody communicated. And that brings us to even more of the troubled production of it. Very good segue, William. Very good. Oh, yeah. I'm a good storyteller. Yeah, yeah, you're a great storyteller. Um, so I just want to <laughs> go through a couple of the things that there is on the Wikipedia page, if you want to read it, there are four paragraphs Full, well-written paragraphs of cast injuries and additional replacements. Not just like, oh, here's a byline, here's that. There's an entire there's an entire section of just the injuries that happen. In fact, I want to read you a quote from the New York Times referencing Joan Rivers. That, um, you know, the late, great Joan Rivers. Um, so Talk it about says, subtlety. <laughs> I mean, no, but she was so meta, she almost was. It's very, it's difficult. She's um, a. Uh, she was an amazing performer. Anyways, go on. She was, but subtlety, I wouldn't say so. Um, yeah. Joan Rivers was there backstage to develop more material for her stand-up act, which lately has begun with a moment of silence for those Americans risking their lives daily in Spider-Man the Musical. <laughs> that is how oh, Joan Rivers man. was starting her set before while the show. And this show was in previews for a year. It, which is too unheard much. of. Usually, if it if your if your show is in previews for six weeks, there's a problem. Um, and and there's a problem for a variety of reasons because it's like a nor- you you basically rent by the week. You rent theaters by the week. Yes. Um, and so you do not want to rent a theater for very much longer than you need to. But they had to. I like. I don't know why they chose. I've been to the theater that they did it i didn't go see spider-man turn yeah. the dark i saw young frankenstein oh much um, better much better um and it is not a theater that was built for this i mean frankly like it's an arena show yeah it's this should be this should and they were gonna take this to vegas after which it closed, totally makes sense they, they the should have just go to vegas they, they should have just done it in there. vegas just make this a cirque du soleil show in that's the other thing yeah is like it when you when you if you guys ever see look at clips or watch her or you have and have seen a Cirque du Soleil show I mean frankly it's basically the same in terms of how they use like video and how they use the acrobatic stunts and everything like that and the way that they use the stage there's not much different in that sense except they choose the right places to do it don't do things that are out of their means. I mean, like they they spent millions of dollars redoing a, a stage that's protected historically, so they had to like store parts of the theater in another was, area to replace it once the show was over. Like y'all, the fuck they, they spent four million dollars renting the renting the show uh, the space for the previews. Which is insane. The average budget for a musical is between five and fifteen million dollars. They almost spent the budget of an entire musical renting just the space for the previews. Do you know how much it, how much it, it took to put on Wicked? No. What was Wicked's budget? I have no idea. But while you look that up, I just want to go through some of these some of the accidents, just so yeah, go you can kind of get an idea. So, um, some stunt doubles were injured. Six people were injured while working on Spider-Man. Six reported injuries, let's put it that way. So, um, one injury occurred when a stunt double broke both his wrist in a stent. Another actor broke both of his feet on the same move that broke this actor's wrists a month earlier. 
a woman uh, named Natalie Mendoza, who was the original Arachne. She got a concussion because she was hit by a piece of equipment in the wings. I don't know how that happened. Um, if you, yeah, I mean, it, it's wasn't was that like on the first show? Because I know in the first preview, first preview, it was the very first preview. Yeah, she got get, she got a concussion because she somebody hit her with something. She didn't report it. No, um, and for a couple days, because uh, she tried performing a second time after that. But but it um, was it, it, the the first show was an hour over time. Because they had to Ugh. keep stopping, and Spider-Man got caught at one point, and they were like trying to catch him by the foot, and so it was just the audience like ooing, like they, you know, they were at like some sort of like football game. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking ridiculous. Uh, also, Wicked's budget was fourteen million. There you go. That is. A third of Wicked's budget was spent just on renting the space well, for the preview. The, the, the reason I bring that up is because after the show actually opened, like, at first, because everyone was so interested in the train wreck of this show, like, a lot of people went, right? Yeah, I think it broke it. It broke the record for most sales in a weekend. In yeah, a week. I think I just saw that on the, on the thing that we got up here. Yeah, like, it broke it, but Wicked broke it at the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> broke even their thing. <laughs> not by too much but was doing the same thing for so much less of the budget know, and an it's still of the running because they can afford to yeah because it's good that and it has a dragon on it, the it, stage we're not talking about wicked we should oh, but we're not we should talk about wicked this is the last one the last line and this one i just want you to i just want i'm, I'm ready i'm waiting the most it was the, it was the last reported injury before the show ended um actor daniel curry uh, he's Who, a stunt, stunt double. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was also playing one of the villains. He was hurt by apparently being pinned under a piece of equipment and suffered leg trauma. He was pinned under the equipment, guys. <laughs> Not from a stunt gone wrong. This is because whoever was in charge but, of running this should be in jail. I mean, there are so many things. There was like a $1 million web that was supposed to hang over like the whole thing, but it kept getting caught on stuff. And so they had to get rid of it. Like, there's just an exorbitant amount of money. But when you see some of the visuals, it's beautiful. Oh, I'm sure it was. But, like, you, William and I have acted in a decent amount of shows. And um, we've acted in musicals. So musicals have a lot of spectacle to them. One show we were, um, one show in college that I did, I was working backstage for it. And um, we had to do a gunshot sound effect. So we had, like, a cap gun with the full cap. Because of the rules, actors say OSHA rules and like Actors Guild rules and stuff like that, the cap gun was in a locked drawer in a locked office that we had to have one of our professors who was safety trained get give to us, watch while we fired the cap gun, take it and lock it back in his office every night. That is just for a cap gun fake fire. That is how particular we had to be. Yeah, but you know, I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think on the first like um the first uh injury they had to pay an OSHA violation of like $12,000. God, I just it's just baffling. <laughs> to to be fair to the show, they were doing something that was remarkable because uh from what I remember uh, the technology that they were using was technically only being used at the time by uh, NFL arenas. Oh, okay. So they, they used the like fly-by-wire stuff. Then. They were using the fly-by-wires for cameras. And the way that those work is that it's programmed systems. It's not being like audibly, mm-hmm. like it's not being humanly controlled. So like that sounds like it's safe. However... Uh, in a situation in which then human a human is now involved to this thing that they have no control over since it's programmed to hit at specific times, as soon as it's out of its timing, it's not going to work right. Because there's just so many moving parts. When I explain that, why the fuck would they continue then to use yes. it? Thank you. Um, that is, that or, is the, why, that is... or, or why wouldn't it be the only thing they're trying to do? Um yeah, like Warhorse was groundbreaking, it, 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 but it, nobody almost lost a limb from Warhorse. <laughs> um, it feels like it feels like a Bethesda game. If we're gonna be really honest, fair enough. Yeah, um, like it just feels like let's just pump as much money into it, 
give an arbitrary timeline that we're never going to meet um, and try to edit it after we've technically released it and just say that it's still in beta. Um, I mean, we're basically describing um, video games now these days. Cyberpunk. Well, yeah. it's, it, but it also does actually kind of go back into the fact that these are like action movies in the sense that so much money is sunk into them. Yeah. They can't afford to fail. Like if Disney can take a hit, Paramount might be able to take a hit. Oh, that's but... that's the thing. Disney bought Marvel when this show was being produced. Yeah. And they wanted nothing to do with it. No. No, but like And that we... should have told somebody something. Especially when Julie Taymor, the person who made them Lion King, one of the most successful shows on broadway of all time yeah but i'm sure that i'm sure that in working on lion king they told her no a lot yeah well i mean disney and but like these but these smaller studios that are trying to make these big action movies they sink so much money into it they're just like i guess it has to get made like um a big one is i can't remember who produced it but bloodshot that Mm. terrible terrible vin diesel vin diesel property that's he's technically a superhero from i think it's like dark horse comics or something like that yeah and uh he's like um wolverine but with nanites that repair his blood and he uses guns a lot so he's like wolverine but with guns he's wolverine mixed with the punisher essentially and um but yeah that move you you actually do hear about that a lot in these action movies is these troubled productions these over budget it doesn't produce they don't end up making it the way they want it it gets pushed out for years look at um new mutants yeah it got pushed for no joke four years in production because they sunk so much money in it it's the sunk cost fallacy it's especially with studios they're like we have to make money on this because if we don't we might lose our jobs i mean that's i think it's very similar it's very similar with musicals like you have to make money on this because you spend so much money making it that it's like i don't care if it's good it just has to be entertaining it's got to recoup some of the cost it's got to do something this yeah. one but I, was a I, see, I don't i don't think that they thought they were making something bad i don't think at first they were i think you're absolutely right i mean like obviously some people jump ship or whatever but like the way that they jump ship like we look at like the controversy with with judy tamor during that thing mm-hmm. during the whole process of getting rid of her they were um the, i think she alleged that there was a plan to get rid of her and they just weren't telling her about it and they were doing all this stuff and as soon as they had it ready that's when they got rid of her wow and so they were really blaming it on her and that's what it and of course yeah. we don't know it was settled out of court yeah but, but I mean, it's a fair point like this that's why what makes this one so i think unique one technologically it was a breakthrough but two they didn't realize what they were making was bad there are plenty of musicals that they know they're making them and they're bad but they're just trying to recoup money there was a show i was in in high school that it ran on broadway technically (laughs) i think it was for like three weeks maybe it's called back to the 80s the totally awesome musical and it is a jukebox musical but it's written by australians and it uses mostly australian pop songs but or pop songs that were really popular in Australia, but it released in the U.S. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and to that kinda, one, they knew they weren't making a good one. To kind of kind of end this off, like it's like the 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 visuals were beautiful but dangerous. The yes. story was awful and was not Spider Man in reality um and didn't give us the things of spider-man and the music was i still think the music is the worst thing i think if i count up all the injuries i'd go yes the music is worse than brain damage for that woman oh jesus christ (laughs) but, but what you're telling me is that you think given enough time or maybe enough time let's say an hour you me and olivia could probably write a better version of this show i think we could make a better superhero uh musical in which there are only two this one and uh a superman musical that was written in the uh, 60s would you consider uh 
Would you consider Scarlet Pimpernel a, mu- a superhero musical? You know what? I would. Three. Three. And <laughs> I think that about proves my point. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I know this was a little bit of a different experience. Um, let us know if you liked it. Let us know if you like these reviews. We're looking to kind of change things up like we talked about last time. We're playing with the form a little bit. Thank you so much for listening. We have been one and a half of We Wrote the Book. That's okay? uh, that's uh, hurtful. Um, oh, yeah. I, I read that as you saying that you were one person and I was half of a person. That, yes, and saying, that's Instead of saying, because really in, you're, the answer you're looking for is two thirds. No, um, it's not. Oh, then you were just being hurtful. I was just being hurtful. And I was also admitting that Olivia is probably a person and a half as far as it goes to like making the show interesting. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, give us a like on Spotify. Follow us on Apple Music, Spotify. Follow us on Instagram. Our um, Let's see, William, do you know it? What's our Instagram handle? Uh, we wrote the book pod. It's actually just we wrote the book. Really? I thought, oh. We wrote the book pod is the is the email. See, this is why oh. you're just a guest. Um, thank you guys again. Again, I think just being the, hurtful. <laughs> I'm just trying to be hurtful. Uh, you know. I guess that's it. Bye. Yeah, it's We Wrote the Book Podcast. Well, you said pod. Well, you were wrong, too. Well, you know what? It's okay if I'm wrong. Don't fight in front of the gap. What What musical do you think would... What, what, what's your...